Welcome to Christian Life Assembly Online. We are so glad that you were able to join us. We hope you enjoy the message this week from Pastor Jim Poirier. For more information, please visit our website at www.clawinnipeg.org. Or if you have a prayer request, please email us at prayer at clawinnipeg.org. As we talk about collateral blessings, we all have heard of collateral damage. And I think at home I'm the king of collateral damage. Uh, There are many things that I don't intend to break that get broken. There are messes I didn't intend to make that get made. And uh, I find a lot of times I go to fix something and end up having to fix many other things around my my, uh, original project. And so we all may be familiar with collateral damage, some of us maybe more than others. When we think of collateral damage, we are more apt to think, however, that it's something that happens in times of war and military conflict where uh, innocent, maybe uh, children and women are killed as a result of a targeted attack. And it was not intended, but it is oftentimes an accepted fact of, of warfare that there may be collateral damage in order to meet, to meet or reach the bigger goals. Kind of a sad thing. But on the end, other end of the scale is something we may uh, refer to as collateral blessing. A collateral blessing would be an unintended or un- unanticipated good that occurs when we endeavor to fulfill the mission and the plan or perhaps the work of God. When we look at some passages of scripture, it actually speaks of collateral blessing. I want you to think for a moment of Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 8. And... It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make your paths straight. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. And listen to what it says. Here's a promise, collateral blessing. And this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Very interesting. That there would actually be, the collateral blessing would actually be physical well-being and physical health when we trust in the Lord, when we obey the Lord, when we submit to the Lord, when we fear God, when we shun evil. There's actually this collateral blessing it speaks of, of health. And then we look at some passages of scripture. We have been working through the book of of Luke. And when you look at Luke chapter 9, Jesus is sending out 12 to go and to preach the gospel and to tell the story about Jesus. And as he is sending them out, he says, don't take anything with you. Don't take any preparations. Don't pack a bag, take a backpack, just just go. And so it was really a step of faith for them, and 
And they come back and it's reported that they, they were able to preach the gospel and that people were healed. And then we go further down in the book of Luke and in Luke chapter 9 verse 10 and following and I preached on this a few weeks ago. It was the miracle of feeding the 5,000 which was actually many more when you count the women and the children maybe 10 or 15,000 or more and what did they have? They had five loaves and two fish and Jesus says, well, bring them to me. And, and then he has them divide the people into groups of 50. It's all steps of faith. It's all steps of obedience. They're all doing what Jesus told them to do. And the collateral blessing is that everybody eats, miraculously provided for, and they get to experience this incredible uh, miracle of Jesus' provision and multiplication in what was really a, starting out with very limited resources. Jesus did a miracle. And then we go on to Luke chapter 10. And again, Jesus is now sending out 72. And they're going to, they're going to preach. And they come back. Again, they're told to go out with nothing and don't uh, take a bunch of stuff with you and a bunch of money and food. Just go. And they come back and they're excited because they say, even the demons submit to you, to, G, to, to us in, in your name. The collateral blessing of, of, of we're going to walk in obedience, we're going to obey what Jesus says to do, and we have this collateral blessing of of people being saved, of people being healed, of people being fed, of, of people being delivered from demonic oppression and possession. And it all starts with just doing what Jesus tells them to do. It's incredible blessings that we have in following Jesus and doing what he wants us to do. And so from our passage of scripture this morning, I'm going to be focusing in on, on Luke chapter 19. And we're going to look at verse uh, 30 through to 38. And the first point I want to make this morning is that of, of willful obedience. As we look at this passage of scripture, I want to read it to you. It says, go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here, and if anyone asks you, why are you untying it, say... The Lord needs it. And those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? And they replied, The Lord needs it. Now, in comparison to some of the other miracles I just spoke about, the going out, the 12 going out, 72 going out, uh, the feeding of, of the crowd, of the multitude. This would seem like something small and insignificant. You're going to go into town and you're going to you know, maybe go down this street and I don't know exactly how specific Jesus might have got with the instructions, but, but go to this place and you're going to find a colt tied up. Now they'd already gone out, they preached the gospel, they'd seen demons cast out and people saved and healed and and they'd seen some significant miracles. So this maybe wasn't the biggest thing. 
But the collateral blessing of this small miracle was that it was part of an event that we are celebrating today 2,000 years later. And we're still talking about it. Willful obedience is, is stepping out at the prompting of the Lord and choosing to do what God wants us to do. It's an act of faith. It's a choice. Or maybe it's a series of choices that we make. We just willfully obey God. It's stepping out from the realm of the known into the realm of the unknown. It's, it's stepping out from the realm of the ordinary into the realm of the supernatural. And it's kind of uh, really encouraging and incredible that, that just in going to get a donkey that was tied up, that they were actually stepping into the realm of, of the supernatural. They were following Jesus and he was telling them just as it was going to be. Go to a village, go down a road, find this donkey, untie it, and bring it here. As we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 46, there's a, a verse that I always am intrigued by, and it says, the spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that, the spiritual. Now this is, the context of this is speaking about the natural body and, and the heavenly body. It's about death, it's about resurrection, it's life after death. So that's the context. But it would seem here that God has set in order some principles and processes whereby the natural gives way to the spiritual. And in this particular context, it's, it's the earthly body that gives way to the heavenly body. It's where imperfection gives way to perfection. It's where the corruptible gives way to incorruption. Where decay gives way to, to wholeness. Where the temporal gives way to eternal and where the natural comes first and then the spiritual. And it's a process that God seems to have set in place. But in our, ta in our text here this morning, we find that there is this act, a simple act, in the natural, where they were stepping out in faith, they trusted the words of Jesus, and then the miracle came. Then the big event came. And there's a part of the story that's, that's oftentimes overlooked, and that is this, that it was part of the bigger story. It was part of the triumphal entry. It was part of the, the charging against Jesus and, and, and the crucifixion of Christ and the death of Christ. And, and it was part of the story of Jesus going into a tomb. And, and it was part of the story of Jesus being raised from the dead three days later. It was part of the story of Jesus walking in the face of the earth after the resurrection and appearing to about 500 people. It was part of the story of, of Jesus ascending into heaven and being seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for believers today. It was part of that story. And sometimes we miss it. 
And I think the thing that we need to be very aware of is sometimes God is prompting us to do what seems to be something small and insignificant, but it's part of his plan and it's part of his bigger story. It's part of maybe something much bigger than you could ever imagine. But we can be part of that. And that's exciting. The little things sometimes end up being very big things. And so I want to give us some lessons to be learned from this passage of Scripture. And that is this. First of all, listen, listen to the Holy Spirit. Learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. As we look at Acts chapter 8, verse 29. Here we have, we have something very ordinary happening, guy going down the road. And it says, the Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. The Holy Spirit is active and present in our daily lives. And there will be times, friends, there may be times when the Holy Spirit speaks to you. And how do you know it's the Holy Spirit? It's not something you think about on your own. It may be coming right out of the blue. It may be something that that you're just not expecting, but you just know in your heart as you, as you tune yourself, as you, as you learn to do this, you know in your heart, it's the Holy Spirit. And we need to listen to the Holy Spirit. As we go on to Acts chapter 13, verse 2, there's another uh, example of people listening to the Spirit. And it says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said... Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I called them. And so here is Saul, who eventually became Paul, who eventually, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, penned much of the New Testament. One of the most famous characters in the scriptures. And here it all started with a group of believers, maybe not all that dissimilar to us. And the Holy Spirit impressing upon them to set this new Christian apart along with Barnabas to do the work that God had called them to do. They listened to the Holy Spirit. What an impact it made. We think of Acts chapter 15, verse 28. And I like this passage. It says, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to not burden you with anything beyond the following requirements. What does that mean? That sometimes the Holy Spirit will, will give you a peace. You will just, it'll just bear witness with your spirit that this is of God. And I have sat in, in leadership meetings when, when we have talked about various aspects of, of ministry or, or activity or actions that needed to be taken. And, and, and you, you go to prayer and and you say, Lord, what, what do you want us to do? And it, it will often be that it seems good to us. We come into an agreement with the Holy Spirit. So we need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Just as these disciples listened to Jesus and, and followed through on this very simple act of obedience. And, and secondly, we need to take steps of faith. From that, we look at Acts chapter 20, verse 22. And now compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. This is a step of faith. 
And this oftentimes describes what a step of faith looks like for you and for me in 2019. Where we might feel compelled to follow through on something that the Holy Spirit is prompting us to do. We don't know what the outcome's going to be. We don't know what the results are going to be. We don't know if we're going to succeed or we're going to fail. We just know that we feel compelled by the Holy Spirit. And there is an element of risk in that. And for Paul, there was actually an element of danger. When he's saying, I didn't know what was going to happen to me. If, is he going to end up in prison? Is he going to end up dead? Didn't know. But he felt compelled by the Holy Spirit. And where he oftentimes found himself was the result of him following the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Not just doing his own thing and trying to figure it out along the way. Another aspect, another truth from this passage of Scripture is, is this. That what we do is part of God's story. Part of God's story. And we never know what part of that story God's writing. And it's incredibly exciting to have been part of God's story and look back and say, wow, the Lord used me in this situation or that situation. And so part of God's story is, is that at the conclusion of Luke and the beginning of Acts, we find in Acts chapter 1 verse 9 that after he said this, speaking of Jesus, he was taken up before their eyes and a cloud hit him in, from their sight. Go get a donkey. And then comes the triumphal entry. And then comes the crucifixion. And then comes the resurrection. And then comes Jesus walking among people. And then Jesus is lifted to heaven. He ascends to heaven. Part of a story. And what we do is part of God's story. And you never know as you follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit, as you learn to listen to the voice of God, what part of that story you may be part of. You never know what you might be triggering. You never know what you might be initiating. You just never know. You know, it goes to this. A number of years ago when uh, I was part of some other ministry and part of that would be booking speakers for camps, camp speakers. And you go through all of the natural things of contacting a guy, hey, are you, are you available? Yeah, I'm available. Would you come? Yeah, sure, I'll come. And then somebody else goes and books a plane ticket. Somebody's got to arrange to pick him up from the airport. He prepares some sermons in his office and comes out to Manitoba to speak at a youth camp. Today, our middle son is in ministry. Because at one particular camp, he got to spend some time with a speaker. And he came back from that camp called into ministry. Holy Spirit spoke to him. Same thing happened again with another son. He went to camp and while he was there, the Holy Spirit spoke to a speaker and he said to Scott, he said, I, you're going to hear from God this week and, and we're going to talk at the end of the week because 
There's something you need to listen to. And he's in Bible college today preparing for ministry. You see, we never know. As we walk in the Spirit, as we listen to the Spirit, we never know what part of God's story we're fulfilling. And I think we can expect extraordinary even while it seems we're doing little things. Because we never know. As we go to the next point here, uh, it leads to a joyful celebration. Joyful celebration. And let's look at the scriptures for this one. So they brought it to Jesus, the colt. They threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. And as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. And when he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, it's quite actually quite a steep hill. And as they're coming down the Mount of Olives, you're overlooking the city of Jerusalem. And they cross the road and go into the gates of the city. The whole crowd of disciples began to joyfully praise God in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. So they went and they got this cult, and this cult is now part of a worship service. Center stage, the King of Kings, is riding on this cult. The simple act of obedience led to the exaltation and worship of Jesus Christ. And wouldn't it be wonderful if through our simple acts of obedience it led to people finding Jesus Christ and worshiping Jesus Christ and exalting Jesus Christ and celebrating Jesus Christ, people that previously didn't know him. Through simple acts of obedience, they celebrated Jesus. And they were celebrating the miracles that Jesus performed. So they were literally testifying and everybody around them would he see this commotion and, and hear this crowd and, and they would hear the story being told about what Jesus had done and so Jesus who was already pretty famous became even more widely known perhaps and the collateral blessing of us, of us obeying Jesus of us obeying the Holy Spirit is that Jesus is glorified he's lifted up and people can come to know him. The disciples acted in faith and obedience and Jesus was glorified. They walked in faith and obedience and they did this simple act of going and untying a colt. And Jesus was glorified. Walking in faith and obedience for us as believers becomes more and more natural and acceptable and normal in our lives as we do it more and more. It just becomes easier. It just becomes more familiar. What's not normal for a believer is fear and apprehension and doubt. That's just not part of God's script for your life. Pulling back and playing it safe is not part of, of God's will for your life. He wants you to be moving forward. He wants you to be learning to listen to his voice. He wants you to be obeying. He wants to use you. And as I was preparing this message, immediately upon uh, finishing typing this message on my computer, a message came up on my computer, and it said this. It said, your Mac will sleep soon unless plugged into a power source. And I sat there and looked at it, and I thought, wow, that is so true of our lives, too. That we literally fall asleep if we're not plugged into Jesus. 
And a sleeping computer isn't much good to anybody. Maybe a paperweight. And a sleeping Christian isn't much good either. We need to be plugged into the source, the power source. We need to be plugged into Jesus. Ephesians chapter 5 actually says, um, Wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. We want to be awake in Jesus. I believe, I believe in these days, in these very days, God is stirring the pot at Christian Life Church. I believe that in many ways God is calling us as a church to, to be awake. I'm not saying that we were ever fully asleep because I believe God has always been at work in our church. But I sense that there is a new stirring, a new thing happening. And I believe that God is bringing us to a season of of greater impact and more opportunity. We want to continue to proclaim Jesus and lift him up because we are not here for us. We are here for our city, for our community, for our neighborhood. We are here for those who don't know Jesus yet. Lastly, I want to make this point quickly. He is the king. As we look at verse 38, last verse in our text this morning, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Jesus Christ has dominion over all creatures. He has all of man's hearts in his eye and in his hand. And the the triumph of Christ as he's coming into the city was something that was a blessing to those who loved him and it troubled those who hated him. And we're living in a world today where even the name of Jesus troubles a lot of people. Jesus said in verse 40, he said, listen, you know, you're not going to silence the praise is effectively what he says because if if you don't praise me, the, the stones will cry out. People want to silence this person named Jesus. They want to usher him out of society, out of culture, out of the school system, out of, out of the business world, they, out of the ethics, out of the rule of law. Let's just get Jesus out of the picture here. And Jesus says, no, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Even the rocks will cry out. The stones will cry out. As we close this morning... I want to leave you with a few words of encouragement. It is in our greatest time of need that Jesus will make a way. It's oftentimes in our lowest moments, in our darkest hours, when Jesus makes a way. And oftentimes it's to take a step of faith. He oftentimes brings us to the realm, to the edge of the improbable or the the impossible. And in his perfect time, he comes through. He brings us to the edge. He brings us to the brink. and, And he says, trust me. Go and tie a colt. Do your part. 
And the challenge to us as the church, the challenge to the church of Jesus Christ across Canada, is that we would ask ourselves the question, that we would all ask ourselves the question, why are we here? Why do we exist? What's our purpose? What's our mission? What's our goal? And I think the simple answer to that would be this, so that others will hear. It's for others. It's for them. So that others will hear about Jesus and come. You see, the whole thing of Jesus going to the cross and dying is why? So that people would be saved. He became the savior of mankind. He took our sin upon himself. He did it for that generation and every generation to follow. And here we are some 2,000 years later still proclaiming that message of salvation. That's the challenge. So we've got to go on Tyson Colts. We've got to walk in faith and obedience. We need to listen to the voice of the Spirit, the prompting of the Spirit. Every day, the Holy Spirit can speak to us. And it's not, a, it's not rocket science. It's not a hard thing. Sometimes it's just simply making ourselves available and saying, Lord Jesus, today I want to be used by you. I want to listen to you. I want you to show me opportunities to serve you. I want you to open my eyes to see what you want me to see. And Lord, speak to me. Guide me, lead me, direct me, open doors. That's a prayer that Jesus will answer. Let me tell you, I can guarantee it. Listen to the voice of the Spirit take risks, take chances, and don't just see the world through natural eyes, but see what God wants you to see through spiritual eyes. And like the disciples on the path, the world will hear us proclaiming the praises and the glory of Jesus. Let's bow in a word of prayer, shall we? Thanks for listening to Christian Life Assembly's Message of the Week. Be sure to check us out at clawinnipeg.org for more information.